Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. On tonight's show, we meet millennial entrepreneur Angelica Mallon. We talk about fly fishing and star of Derry Girls, Siobhan McSweeney, is in the studio with us. Now, if you've ever thought that the working world was maybe not designed for you and you could do it better, then our next guest is going to be able to help you out. She is the founder of not one but two businesses, starting out in her early 20s, taking on an industry that is basically dying, which is publishing, mm-hmm. and saying, no, I think we can do it better. Welcome to Badass Women's Hour, Angelica Mann. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't seen About Time the magazine yes. tell us about it sure so i run a lifestyle website called about time we discover anything it's about time you tried in london and beyond so whether that's right. london's best avocado on toast or kind of crazy new fitness experiences in the capital we kind of unearth these experiences that are worth your time and money and how did you go about starting it up? Well, actually, I feel quite lucky because I've never really had a proper job in that I've never worked for anyone else. And my experience hosting events over the last few years is that jump from full-time employment to working for yourself is really scary and it puts a lot of people off. And I actually launched straight out of university. This was the first thing I ever did and it's the only thing I've ever done since. And I think that's I feel really privileged for that because I don't know any different. I don't know what a nine-to-five really feels like. Um, so, yeah, I started out of university. I worked for a magazine in my last year of Bristol University and then straight off the bat when I graduated I thought I'm going to have a go at my own thing and I launched the website and kind of went from there and it it grew as a business and I can't say I had a huge business plan when we launched but being kind of flexible in mindset five years on I'm still here which is a long time in digital media (laughs) dog years. And have you seen that this is a growing trend in terms of people determining that there's a different way to do what used to be called the milk round Mm. uh, so that you can leave university and start your own business or you can get a you know more generic nine to five and have a you know test out three or four different uh ideas i've definitely seen a trend in the time that i've been doing this towards more people working for themselves mm-hmm. or having portfolio careers where they're doing multiple things having a couple of different part-time jobs to make up their week mm-hmm. i think people are frustrated with traditional work cultures and office environments and they want to have a bit more of a flexible approach mm-hmm. and i think millennial kind of generation it's this purpose-driven generation mm-hmm. so they want to feel really fulfilled 
rewards by their work. It's not about working for a paycheck mm-hmm. um, or just to fill in the hours of the day. They want to feel that fulfillment from the work. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah, I've definitely seen a trend towards it. What do you do? You notice though people um, having burnout because when you're doing multiple things, yeah. I don't know how you manage it. You said that you've got two businesses. Uh, I personally had a phase where I did a portfolio career of things, and it's it's intense. Mm. It's really intense in terms of you know how you do that, the pressure on you to make mm. things work, mm. the pressure to keep generating an income when you don't have that regular pay. Um, so do you notice that? Definitely. I think this new kind of landscape of work is having a massive effect on people's mental well-being. Um, but there is quite a lot of pressure. Like you said, if you're financially responsible for yourself, you're trying to juggle lots of different things. Also, the other side of it is that if you're not in an office with a traditional structure, you don't have those people around you constantly in that support network of being in an office. You're working for yourself, you're working at a Soho house or out of Costa, and you're kind of on your own and it can be quite scary. So I think building support networks where possible is the solution to that so finding other entrepreneurs other people who are a portfolio journalist or an entrepreneur and and creating a structure around yourself um to, to take some of the pressure off the other thing i'm noticing as well is i i was in work i didn't set up my own thing till i was 37 so i spent a long time being employed different organizations lots of time and money spent on my nurturing and my training and development uh how are people developing because i i feel like being an entrepreneur is a is a brilliant skill mm. but it is one skill mm. in uh you know industries uh, and workforces that need lots of other different skills mm. so how are people who or how do you do it yourself actually when you've just come out of university and you're running a business how do you fast track all that kind of learning and development that traditionally you got from kind of climbing up a career Mm, ladder. It's true. And I think it can be a challenge to know what your trajectory really looks like because you're often it's in a frontier industry where you don't really have someone ahead of you and a career path to follow. But I think nothing kind of trains you for the real world like running your own business because you've got to develop a lot of skills very quickly. So, for example, we host events through the About Time Academy, which I'm sure I'm going to talk about. And events is a completely different skill set to running a magazine and writing content. You've got to be super organized and on top of things and logistical so you can just pick up these skills through challenging yourself to not do the same thing every day and and take on new projects what have you learned along the way do you think is that going back looking at where you started Mm. now what are the bits where you're like oh why did I do that if I knew what I knew now I would Mm. never have done it that way I think for me, the biggest challenge in business is people. So hiring the right people, putting trust in them, knowing when to let people go, like all of those relationships are very challenging, especially if you're doing it off the bat from university, where you've not done a few years in a company, you don't know what it looks like to have a good manager. That's the stuff that I have found the most challenging is how do you keep people inspired? And I think also with small businesses where you're not able to perhaps promote them as quickly because there's not anywhere for them to go. You can't offer the big kind of corporate perks like you're not going to get a David Lloyd membership working for me what can you offer beyond that that is really going to help someone grow as a person and stay in the role so retention with small businesses is a challenge how did people react to you when you started rocking up at meetings and they were expecting somebody in their say 30s or 40s Mm. and you turned up in your early 20s I've tried to leverage it 
for the best actually I've tried to see it as a positive as I think when you're young and you're passionate and you're a bit hungry people are willing to take more of a chance on you actually and they they, yeah they want to invest in you in your career so a lot of the partnerships we've done people have said okay well we'll give you a go and they were actually kind of excited about working with a young new media partner than kind of one of your traditional outlets so I think it has been for the best I, I perhaps when I was much younger kind of 23 24 there were a lot of circumstances where I was like oh this feels a little bit seedy and I've gone for meetings that have been like turned into kind of martinis at mm-hmm. a private members yeah. club with an older man and I've thought this doesn't feel mm. quite right anymore and I think when as I've got older I've known what a meeting looks like a bit better and um, but we've all had those experiences haven't we where you're naive to a situation you think oh they're trying to help me and you're like yeah and so to go back to when you were first starting up how did you fund yourself because it's one thing going from university and having potentially student loans or or a safety net of university to try something Mm. moving into actually there are bills to pay um and a life to, to create so how did you find yourself in the early days I think it's a little bit easier actually starting out straight out of university because you have a lot less costs mm-hmm. so I was living at home mm-hmm. I didn't have a kind of a mortgage anything big like that so I used some savings I think I had about 600 800 pounds in the bank of mm-hmm. savings so I spent it on a very uh, low rent easy website that I got a friend to make for me and that was our first iteration and I think it was about 400 pounds mm-hmm. which is amazing now because we do these super <laughs> expensive design builds and I'm like god I can't believe that that was mm-hmm. what it costed um, and then from there, it, it took a few months to generate some income. We started to do a bit of sponsored stuff and it started to come in. And then from there, we were able to sail. And I think I felt very lucky that we haven't taken outside investment. Mm-hmm. I think it can put a lot of pressure on a business when you start out if you've got an investor yeah. and you've got these things to meet and it can just kill the creativity and the passion because you're stressing out loads. Mm-hmm. So I had offers of investment and I walked away from all of them. Um, and I'm pleased with that now. And so it was all organic. It was all organic, but I didn't start off with any staff. So the growth kind of happened in like year two, year three, where I started to take on full-time people and expand a team. I wasn't able to do that in the first year, to be honest. It was just me and and mentally it was pretty tough. Mm. Um, You're on your own. You're like, oh God, I'm so much self-doubt. You're like, what am I doing? I must be crazy. Mm. Um, But you find other people who've done similar things and that's what keeps you going really. And are you going to scale the business? So is is about time moving into other things? You've got an academy, but yeah. are you also going to take it to other cities? Definitely. So the academy is kind of coming off of the back of something we've been doing for the last few years. We host events. We've done about 55 events over the last few years. Um, but I felt like there was a need to take that a step further and make it a bit more official and proper. So we've actually launched the About Time Academy. We have a separate website, a newsletter, everything like that. And we're doing four or five events a month in London. And it's anything it's about time we discuss or learnt see what I've done there <laughs> um, so we have you guys were talking earlier about menopause we have an event about time you balanced your hormones naturally with some specialists in, in hormones so we're doing all different kinds of panel talks discussions and I'm really excited about it and we've had a really good response we had our first one last week about 55 people about starting a food brand it's always a very popular topic everyone's got an idea for something so we had some founders like the founder of Pip and Nut who make delicious nut butter and cold brew coffee company talking about their founder journey how they got it off the ground so i think creating spaces where people can get advice and a bit of informal mentorship is great okay we are going to keep talking to angelica about how she does everything she does here on badass women's hour xl badass women's hour xl on talk radio she'll get you talking fabulous angelica runs about time both the lifestyle website 
and about Time Academy, things you should learn now. Um, Angelica, what? So the uh, let's because we were just talking about reading retreats. Let's talk about this. You send people on about time things that it's about time they did now. Exactly. So we get over the years we've had some amazing freelance pictures of people wanting to experience things and write them up. Whether it's like about time you did naked meditation or going on a reading <laughs> retreat, and sometimes I get really into it, and then I'm like, actually, is it about time you did that? Like, <laughs> would I go and do naked meditation? Like, probably not. What um, is the weirdest? Thing you've ever sent anyone on oh god so much dog yoga where you oh, go like with your dog and you yeah. do Definitely it time there's more of that yeah, yeah. i mean I think anything really? to do with dogs is Probably great yoga who does not need a bit of yoga with their dog we sent someone to an owl cafe oh well, you could go and yeah. sit with owls yeah Really? Well, I'm not, oh, I'm not. I'm not sure it's about time for that. No, that neither. Me a little bit. neither. <laughs> I've recently been uh, researching for a piece about mushroom lattes. Uh, apparently, it's oh, yes. mushroom coffee. Yeah, yeah, mushroom coffee. Mushroom coffee. I mean, I've yet to find one I've liked. Just put so much sugar in it that you can't I tell. I think you should have a spoof site called "It's Not About Time." <laughs> <laughs> you did these things yeah. and just list this some of those the scrap things. heap of yeah. what <laughs> what doesn't make it. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because also with events, we're we're in the process of curating the events that we do, and you know when you can get so far into your own project that you kind of can't see out of it anymore and we're, we're organising things we have an event that we're planning with a woman called Sophie who married herself don't know if you know oh I did oh, see yes. that story yes. yeah Rita I married yeah. me and she's talking about why she married herself so. yeah so yeah. I keep telling all my friends that on my 40th birthday I'm doing this big thing and they've all had to book it out of their diaries for like five years and if anyone says they can't make it for whatever reason that's it they're official off, off my friendship list and I was talking to them and I said, well, no, I'm, it's a big thing because it's essentially my wedding. Mm-hmm. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, you've had this big day all to yourself. I want it for it's sure. Big yeah, day. I understand why people marry themselves. So that I completely understand. The dog yoga I'm still confused about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love dog yoga. Uh, but yeah, cool. marry yourself. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> when you're putting together events for the About Time Academy... How do you know what it is people are going to want to come to? Mm. There is an element of trial and error, definitely. You Some things really connect with audiences and then some things you're really excited about and it doesn't perhaps spark their imagination. We have found that anything to do with starting your own business tends to do really well, mm. um, especially in food, fitness, health, because I think there are certain uh, business um, areas that people think that there's a lower barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. So women are more interested in starting a food brand. You can do it on the side. You can go to a local market on the weekend whereas tech perhaps seems a bit more intimidating so certain certain industries have really captured people's imagination and then beyond that we've got events like getting a book deal has been very popular with Rebecca Rees talking about the process of pitching and how you get a book deal we have an event called Young Wild and Freelance which is for people who are freelance in London I feel like there's a real problem with freelancers getting really lonely during the week Mm -hmm. and not having other freelancers to connect with so we do this wonderful event it's on a Sunday you come along we put on a breakfast spread we split people into areas based on where they live in London so we'll have people from South London West London and they're in a group together and the idea being that that means that if they get on they can meet up during the week and they can go work in a coffee shop together and that's been really lovely so we have one of those coming up and we're doing a a workshop in productivity for that one Um, so yeah it's it's a bit of a mixture of of different appetites but I very much feel like it taps into millennial workforces like Mm -hmm. this is the kind of skills that people want to develop because the world of work is really shifting do you find that you're obviously somebody who likes to juggle lots of different ideas do you think that's something that is a millennial trait mm. 
this idea that actually we don't just want to do one thing we don't want to have one career for the rest of our lives we like being able to dip in and out of different industries i think so but i also think that we perhaps have slightly glamorized that to the detriment of the nine to five people are saying oh it's really boring to have a nine to five it's unambitious of you and actually i I don't think that's true i think for some people that works like a work structure they know where they're going they like that routine like the the life that I lead is not for everyone you know you've got to be pretty emotionally resilient quite a lot of self-confidence and self-belief and I don't always feel that and there's nothing wrong if you just want to have a job and get a nice paycheck like god having a a regular salary that's lovely so (laughs) I don't think there's any correct way to do it but it is about asking yourself those lifestyle questions what do I want my life to look like do I want to be able to travel or do I want to just have something set yeah because there's there's a lot of uh, heroism and I don't know you you see a lot of success don't you on social media mm. and people are very good at painting their lives like they're having this amazing freelance life but if you look at the stats of people opening businesses at companies house how many of those businesses fail mm. what the average freelancer is earning mm. like it's it's tough it really is tough definitely yeah and there's so much that doesn't come with being freelance so you know like holiday leave or whether someone's going to cover for you there's loads of these considerations or just doing your own tax return like it's not for everyone for sure holiday is a big problem isn't it because Mm. as a freelancer there's always a fear that the second you decide to take some holiday that is the second when all the work is going to come in mm-hmm. how do you manage that have you taken a holiday i have well i have a team so it's not it's not impossible for me to take some time off like i have people to delegate to and that's been a real blessing but definitely yeah in the first year i was like god you've got to make everything work and you've got to mm-hmm. always be working but to be honest i work weekends and i'm i've made peace with that i used to find it really sad and i was like oh i shouldn't be working but actually just find something that works for you and for me i get a little bit of peace mm-hmm. getting myself ready for the week on a sunday evening for a couple of hours and that's okay so I think we have to slightly throw out the rule book with what a good work-life balance looks like just find something that works for you do you think some people that want to make that transition are held back by what other people think about their decision to work for themselves or have that different lifestyle so I've definitely had people ask me over the years how do you explain to your friends that Mm. you do want to work or you don't mind working at the weekends and therefore you can't go out Uh, or don't want to go out um, or explaining to family and friends the job or feeling a load of anxiety when someone says so what is it that you do Mm. and not necessarily having the ready-made answer yeah definitely I think when someone asks you what do you do and then you have an answer that involves multiple different things they're a bit confused they're like oh do you actually do anything because it sounds like you do everything (laughs) it's much easier to be like I'm a lawyer Mm -hmm. um but that shouldn't put you off I think you just have to do it for yourself and I'm I yeah I've made peace with all of these things but it's probably taken a good few years Mm -hmm. to do that do you, do you think that people should do you think that there is sustainability in a portfolio career or do you think that it's a short term thing that people should do to find out what they really really like and enjoy or find something that that is going to take off and generate the income or do you think it's it's something that people could do for 10 20 years I actually think as we get older portfolio careers look more enticing like if we look at the latest gender pay gap stats the issue of flexibility in the workplace I think is what's holding women back a lot if you have a portfolio career where you work for yourself you set your own hours you can make it work around you that's pretty enticing and it's definitely something that I've thought about as 
I've got older, I've not wanted to give things up because I thought, well, this will be good when I want to have kids that I can hopefully mold my work around that. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it is sticking. But like you said, it might be useful just to dip your toe into a couple of different things and find what excites you. Yeah, because my challenge is, can you be good at several things at once? And I, that was my learning from. Uh, look at me. To, <laughs> apart from Natalie Campbell, <laughs> it's just brilliant. Everything. I the, I had two or three years of playing around with stuff, and while it was wonderful fun, I knew I had to like knuckle down and focus because otherwise I was never going to be successful because I was doing things in different industries. They were different topics, and I just could not be the expert that I needed to be mm. to really leverage what I was learning and what I was doing. So for me, when people say they're doing a portfolio career, I'm like brilliant do it but in my experience it was like that was a short time thing and I don't think I could have really I could have sustained doing it but I would have been really tired I would have been the kind of master of of nothing really Mm. do you know what I mean because I could only light touch what I was doing I do I think it helps if they're related fields so you might want to be a journalist who also dabbles in radio or in film and tv it does help if they're kind of generally under the same umbrella otherwise like you said you're wearing these different hats all day long so I write I run a magazine I host events but they all kind of linked together so you're not super stressed out and that said I have a friend that's a sculptor two days a week and also runs uh, an alcohol free spirit brands the other three days so I don't know to be honest I don't think I have the answer I think sometimes people just have like two different passions and they want to do them both and they don't want to give up one yeah fair enough um before we let you go what would you be recommending from all things you've seen on about time what are some of the trends that you think we should be looking forward to and some stuff we should be trying out yeah. if we haven't already Ooh, good that's question a, that's a really good question okay give me a second what's it about <laughs> time that we do okay well we just did a big uh, trend roundup on 2019 travel trends cool. and nature sustainability were the top on that according to Airbnb um, and Pinterest so I think you should like go abroad and go stay in like a yurt or go somewhere for stargazing and kind of connect to nature. I'm up for the stargazing, not the yurt. Not the yurt. No, but we're talking like not we're talking yet. like a luxe yurt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm still not feeling no, it. No, just do a bit of an Attenborough, you know, yeah. go stay in somewhere really remote or go stay in a tree house. Think, I think a bit of a childish... Luxury tree house. Luxury tree house, sure. Okay. Like a tree house with like a hairdryer. <laughs> and an ensuite bathroom. And ensuite. And room um, service. And then in London, there's loads of new restaurants. You can check them out on the magazine. Lots of uh, con- contemporary fusion stuff going on, mainly around hack i've noticed yeah that's um, quite yeah i'm so bored yeah. of hackney really? when is it coming back west again i'm bored of it <laughs> <laughs> but, um yeah i think so frank amanka's giving free pizza to anyone who runs the marathon now you see that is a great really tip. the london marathon <laughs> yeah so if you want to run running get... it but i can make myself look like i'm running <laughs> or just yeah or get, get a, a friend from someone <laughs> <laughs> get a friend who's running it and take them in as, yeah. as payments very good point yeah and low alcohol cocktails that's become a big thing hasn't it it's not no alcohol mm. but kind of using lower alcohol spirits that's that's all over the place at the moment we'll look out for those thank you so much You're for coming so welcome uh give us where is the website where can we find it where sure. should we be looking so it's about time magazine.co.uk and about time and about time mag on all social media Fabulous. Thank you so much, Angelica Mallon. It's been lovely meeting you. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. Sitting on the dock of the bay here at Badass Women's Hour XL with Claire Sambuni. All to talk about fly fishing. Claire, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) Uh, So tell us for, I mean, what is the difference between fishing and fly fishing? 
Okay, so fly fishing is much more skillful. It's much more peaceful. Uh, you have to cast the rod, so you have to create a loop at the back. So once you've learned that, then you can fly fish. So it's not as complicated as people make out. Course fishing is more lake fishing for carp, for perch. Um, and I think it's one of the largest sports in the UK. And I think fly fishing traditionally has been viewed as not very accessible in the domain of the old Tweedy set. So that's why it hasn't been adopted so much. But that's all changing now. Yeah, I blame the Yellow Pages ad with yes. J.R. Hartley <laughs> looking for the, the book Fly Fishing exactly. by J.R. Hartley. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, we obviously just old men fly fish thing because never, I've never seen anybody else fly fish. Well, actually, I think historically <laughs> it probably has been mainly old men. But um, no, it's a very different scene out there now. Mm. And when you say fly fishing and the loop at the back, you mean, is it the way you flick the rod? Yeah, so it's like basically cutting a slice of pie so you have to <laughs> flick your rod back to a certain way and it's about the stop and then you flick it the other way and it's about the stop and the skill as well is attaching the fly and which one you use so the flies are mainly hand tied or you can buy them in the shops and they're ready tied and they replicate the life that's going on on the river or the lake at the time so I was fishing on Thursday and there were dark olives, so we were using nymphs that looked like that. And so it's to try and attract the fish to something that they're feeding on at the time. Mm. Charades, isn't it? It's like, oh, look, it's a fly. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm it's, it's you a hunting dinner. game. <laughs> Claire, how did you get into it? Um, oh, my God. So I got into it because years ago I... I sort of I randomly got into field sports. I was vegetarian and I got into foraging and finding my own food. So I started... I, I, just thought, I, got, into, I got into field sports because I was vegetarian. <laughs> did, did they tell you what they did at the field sports? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I kind of wanted to, if I was going to eat meat or fish, I wanted it to be ethically sourced and I wanted it to be sustainable and I wanted to know that the meat and the fish that I was eating wasn't pumpful of antibiotics or mm. and they basically lived a wild happy life and so the fishing I thought right I'm going to give this a go I thought it's going to be the most boring day of my life and I went down to the river test and I thought oh my god here we go you know and it was the 10th of July and it was about 10 years ago now and I started casting and I had this amazing man helping me out who was showing me all the different things in nature, you know, the different plants that were growing, the different wildlife, the different insects. And at the time, I thought I had a dog and a child to pick up, and I had to leave at 5.30. And I remember I was so absorbed in everything, I just turned around to him and I thought, oh, it must be about 5, so what time is it? He said, it's 8.30, and I was like, oh, my God. So anyway, <laughs> thankfully, my dog and my child were absolutely fine. Um, but I couldn't believe I'm a you know Londoner born and bred and I couldn't believe how absorbing it was to be out there and I think it's quite difficult if you live in a city mm. to find ways of getting into the countryside and enjoying nature because it's quite you know we all get stuck on our computers and on our phones and running around and on the underground and doing our thing and we always think that what we're doing is so important and <laughs> blah 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 and actually what fly fishing does is it takes you out to very beautiful places in the countryside and it's quite solitary as well. So you can choose to be with friends or you can choose to do it on your own. And it just calms everything down. You know, you really engage in the changing of the seasons. You know, you see all the different things happening to the trees, to the river. 
you learn about conservation, which is incredible. And I think, you know, again, in an urban environment, we're quite shut off from mm. that. So we don't see the issues. I mean, one of the shocking facts is that only 17% of our rivers are healthy. But that's because of, you know, wow. farming methods and all of these things. So when you get involved in this, you can't help yourself from getting involved in conservation. You say you take an interest, you know, you get involved in the charities doing this work. And it's quite niche, like, you know, farmed salmon, we shouldn't be eating it. Mm. Um, but you get quite passionate about it all and it all becomes sort of part of life, really. It's that cycle of life, isn't it? It's sort of going out hunting, finding something. Often we do catch and release. Sometimes I took, I was saying, took my trout home on Thursday and I'll be cooking those tomorrow. Um, so it's not all about the catch it's just about the absorption in the countryside and you know for me it's really lovely because I can you know I have quite a stressful day job and it just means that I'm away from all of that and it's very accessible so we sort of launched this campaign the 50 50 on the water campaign to make it more accessible and that's going great guns now Mm. What's a what's a kind of entry point if you want to do fly fishing? Is it quite expensive to get yourself set up with all the kit and no. all the no? Okay, no, it's not at all. Basically, all you need you can go and get a free fly fishing course. Go into any Orvis store and then just sign up, and they'll put you on what they call a one hundred one or a two hundred one. Um, the basic kit that you need will cost you know for a sort of reasonable level for a fly rod and reel. 150 pounds and then you're done I mean basically you have to buy your flies and so the fishing is more accessible than people think um obviously if you're going somewhere like the river test it's privately owned and it's quite tough to get on there and sometimes it can cost more we're changing that too um but if you go to some of the fisheries in the south you can do that for 20 pounds or some of the rivers like the river Wandle, for instance you can go in wandsworth you can go and fish free of charge so fly fish down there so there's lots of access points it's just about getting to know about them which is what we're trying to do we're trying to get that out there have quite a busy schedule of events which people can come to and so just so I'm clear, is fly fishing, are you in the water, standing in the water? Are you standing on the banks of the water? Either or, so mainly on the banks, mm -hmm. but um, I've got full rubber, I can get in and get <laughs> stuck in and down and dirty too. So, um, no, I've been in sort of massively fast-flowing rivers up to my chest thinking, this is it, my days are done. <laughs> <laughs> my little spaniel's on the riverbank like, mummy, please come out now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you just think, one more cast, one more cast, it's really addictive. Um <laughs> <laughs> it sounded so calm up until I that know. point. I know, I was like, mm. you started off by saying it's really calm and relaxing, and now you're telling me I might be swept down the river to God knows where and be spewed out in the solar. Mm. Not yeah, so sure. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh my God. Start on the don't bank anyway. Start yeah. on the bank, and most fishing can really happily be done from the back with a lovely picnic, a glass of rice, Chardonnay. That sounds about right. You can make it anything you want. So what, what do you think stops people from taking on these sorts of pursuits? So we know that there is a barrier because maybe people just don't think it's for them. But what else, what other excuses do you have? I think that, you know, with all things, perception often becomes reality. Mm. So, you know, look at Brexit at the moment or look at whatever it is, you know, whatever the public perception is almost becomes reality. And so I think historically perception has been that 
fly fishing is inaccessible. It's done by the fusty old Tweedy set. You know, it's very male dominated. And I think people just think that they, they just don't know that it's open to them. Mm. And um, I mean, most of the people that we get involved and the 50-50 campaign isn't just about women, it's gender parity. So mm. there's, you know, men come along as well, but we do encourage more women because obviously there's a lack of them on the riverbank. Um, but they all just say, oh my God, that this has just been the most amazing time. I never mm. thought I could do this. And so we're just trying to make that kind of journey into fly fishing a lot easier. And, you know, now, I mean, America actually on this level is one step ahead of us. And so they've got a lot of people out there doing it, youngsters, women. And then, you know, through social media, you can see all these amazing, inspiring images of these beautiful places in the wilderness and in nature. And that's beginning to happen in the UK now. I mean, there's some amazing young girls out there like Marina Gibson. She's phenomenal she's fishing all the time and she's a real inspiration and there's people also you know there's a lot of groups forming like there's an amazing charity called casting for recovery mm. um and they support women with breast cancer because the casting action is really good for them and they get these com these retreats they're private retreats uh no charge so all the fishing companies donate the fishing donate the tackle and all that sort of stuff and so these women just have a private space to talk about you know their recovery um or not um and that's had the most phenomenal results and actually some of the women that within that charity are now qualified instructors and they've taken it up full time so they've followed it as a passion as well i love that claire thank you so much for coming and telling us about it i i'm inspired <laughs> are you gonna come are you gonna go i really want to please yes. can i i'm gonna get your details i would love that <laughs> Great. we've got a whole load of stuff going oh my on, gosh so yes. i'll get you on the bank i i genuinely really want to. <laughs> you guys gonna come <laughs> I, we can do it from northwest london i'll bring, I'll bring the picnic i'll bring yeah, the picnic yeah, yeah. we always have a lovely picnic <laughs> That's the August 5050 oh, on the water you. campaign. Do go and check it out. The Vampire Strikes Back. Badass Women's Hour Excel on Talk Radio. If you are anything like me, you've been obsessed with Derry Girls while it has been on. It was one of those creeper hits that I saw people talking about and then I caught up with it and in a day I think I'd done the whole of season one. I loved it. And we are very excited to have star of the show, Siobhan McSweeney in the studio. Hello, welcome. Hello, hello. How are you? <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Siobhan, what's it like to have been part of a show that... I, it didn't get a lot of fanfare when it first launched and then suddenly Derry Girls was everywhere and everyone loves it. Second series has just finished. The second series has just finished. The third one has been uh, confirmed as well. Yay. Yeah, mm. no, it's uh, it's been absolutely extraordinary. Um... Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I suppose there's no way you can ever tell uh, whether a show is going to be successful or not. Uh, you, you can only hope. Um, we knew that the scripts were extraordinary. We knew the director was just perfect. The production company, everything was wonderful. The girls are amazing. Everybody was amazing in it. But we all know that makes, uh, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so when we launched and to have that amount of support was um was really gratifying. You could sort because things are a bit mad at the moment, aren't they? Just in general, to yes. have sort of a little bit logical. Oh, this is good, and other people think it's good. Yay! The world isn't completely banjaxed. I was going to say something worse there, but yeah. well restrained. <laughs> Um, I think that is actually part of the joy of it, which is that it feels like it's come at the exact right moment because mm-hmm. it's about a piece of historical time when it was crazy and that craziness existed. And now I think we had sort of a few years where we forgot about it. And we thought, oh, it's everything's settled now. And yeah. now we're in a place where we're looking at it again going, oh, no, I it's know. really not. Yeah, no, it, uh, it's almost like Lisa could see into the future yeah. and go, well, do you know what the world needs is a bit of a reminder <laughs> of... Of of a time that isn't that long ago, yeah. and uh, and and through laughter, basically, <laughs> almost warn us never to get back to that again. Yeah. Um, I, I I find it. I I love that it's on at the moment. It it gives a little touchstone. As, uh, it 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 casts a human eye on on the north, in the middle of a, a lot of diatribe that that aims to dehumanize that that country really yeah. in a way. So um, it couldn't come at a better time, <laughs> but it's a real shame <laughs> that <laughs> this is the time. <laughs> you play Sister Michael in the show, who I love for the sort of eye-rolling, <laughs> slight dissension from the word she knows she should be speaking, everything she knows she should be saying, and there's always a little part in her brain which is like, oh. I actually went to a convent school so it brings back a lot of memories, happy and otherwise, for yeah. me. <laughs> Are you traumatised, reliving through a lot of trauma? <laughs> <laughs> so it is hilarious. I, whenever I watch Jerry Girls on Twitter, I go through the feed and it's basically a load of convent girls from the 90s being like, oh my God, this was my life. I know, I know. And it, it, the irony is, of course, that I wasn't taught by nuns. Were uh, you not? No, no, no. Oh. I, I keep saying this. I, I've never met a nun. or And then I had to change it to like knowingly. <laughs> it may have been in Disguise, but no, I, I, I haven't. I am, um, yeah. So everybody, uh, I've I, even today, somebody tweeted me going, "It's so obvious that you went to a convent." It's so, I'm like, mm, no, sorry, sorry, babes, no. She's like, say, I'm just really good. I'm just oh, really? that good. It's all the acting. Yeah, <laughs> it's all the acting. Yeah, uh, a lot of acting. No, I think there's a lot of. Uh, um, when when a character is so well written, yeah. 
and and perhaps in a way so underrepresented yeah. um, that uh, you 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 project everything onto us. Uh, you're you're looking at a teacher. You're looking at a nun. You're looking at a nun. Uh, at a particular point of time, you go, "Oh, she must be like yeah. my experience at that time." You know, Definitely. yeah. How has it been for you and your career working on a yeah. show that has become so successful? Um, well, I'm unemployed at the moment, so resting, uh, <laughs> resting <laughs> in between. I'm so I'm so rested. I'm I'm horizontal. Um, it's it's been wonderful. It's allowed me to have a voice. Well. How do I put it? I've always um, campaigned and sort of been involved in in certain political issues. And now because of Dairy Girls and I feel that I there there is not necessarily an unwelcome, but I find it very unusual to how to be looked at, to to be. uh, I went back to Ireland recently. I was recognised. It's all very new and it's it's. um, People sort of think that you, when you're an actor, that that's what you want. Mm-hmm. And and they conflate the two. They think the job is, is partly that. There was an article recently even talking about how actors need to have, um, uh, we shouldn't complain about uh, going to the gym because that's part of our job, being lusted over some other ignorant statement like that. <laughs> and there's a complete uh, confusion as to what our job actually is. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with fame and... In my yeah. case, certainly nothing to go going to the gym, but I, it's all about being lusted over. <laughs> Definitely, she got that right. Um, uh, and and I suppose what what has changed is that now I feel that I can make something positive out of that mm. very strange yeah. sensation of being looked at, because actually when you're an actor, you're controlling how you're being yeah. looked at. Mm. That you you're actually the, the last thing you're doing is being vulnerable in a way, uh, in in yeah. a certain way, because it's not you. Yeah. Um, I couldn't do half the things that my character uh, does. Um, and, and Ultimately, do. the last thing you're being is yourself. Exactly. And exactly. so when someone comes up to you in the street as yourself, oh, it's a completely different experience. You, you, that's exactly it. Well said. You see, I also can't speak, uh, <laughs> which is why, why other people write lines for me. You know? <laughs> um, that's exactly it. It's It's me. And it's me in the shops looking at socks and uh, to be <laughs> approached then is, is just and you feel like you've let them down really you know <laughs> you know it's just a disappointment for everyone really you know and you end up running out with no socks so yeah would you is there anything that you would change about your career as an, an actor ah that's a really good question Anything I would change. I came to acting relatively late in that I did a degree first. Mm -hmm. I have a degree in (laughs) a very unused, dusty degree in science, biological and chemical sciences before I came to the UK to go to drama school. And I often wonder whether if I'd gone straight after school uh, and gone to drama school then and, you know, essentially would have had a longer uh, time working, whether that would have made a difference. Um, I think it. I, I I still haven't made up my mind about that because mm. I think being a woman in the industry and uh, your age, the two, you know, it's a very potent topic. And there's this automatic idea that if I was younger, mm. <laughs> it would be better. I feel, however, that all of my experiences have brought me to this point, mm. and my ability to play roles 
good, bad or indifferent is because of the life I've lived. Mm -hmm. And if I'd gone straight in after school, I'm not sure I would have had the um, the maturity, certainly, or the, or the sort of uh, strength of will to put up with an awful lot of shite. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to apologise for oh, the I, I, I'm, Irish I'm going to apologise, yes. But, yes, but yes. we know what you meant. A lot of um, rubbish. The rubbish, <laughs> uh, a lot of the rubbish. Sorry, I, yes, I thought that would make it less uh, than the other way. <laughs> uh, my, my sincere apologies, um, genuinely. Um, that the industry has towards young young women. I think that I sort of escaped a lot of that, really. Do you think that... Um, I'm blushing here now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it. We've had worse. Um, you talked about this idea that you we've got this strange delusion around actors that they're to be lusted over and particularly for young female actors that mm. we expect them to look beautiful at all occasions and fit into a certain mould of what we want from young women. Do you think that is changing because we're getting some completely kind of brilliant female-led dramas showing it from a different point of view? Um, I think uh, there's there's two things when it comes to acting. There's the business mm. and then there's the craft, the art. Yeah. The, um, so from the business side, you have an audience and uh, it's it's capitalism, supply and demand. Mm. Uh, what, what the market wants, uh, the business will provide. And I feel that the market, the audience wants something different now mm. I think even up to five years ago the roles I would be going in for um, existed as a satellite around the male protagonist mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I only existed through their eyes mm. um, that's uh, an audience is they're bored of that now and they're beginning to understand how um, how unsatisfying it is to see people who are meant to be going through human experiences when they look so different from themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I worry that because it's a sort of a capitalist thing and a supply and demand thing that it will become a trend Mm -hmm. and the trend will become a fashion and the fashion will become unfashionable. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully the the, the stuff that is 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 being done now will have a lasting lasting effect from the art point of view, if I could say the craft point of view, I think it's changing um, within our, yeah, I think writers are, ch- are writing different stories, actors are accessing other parts of their vocabulary um, to, to, to play different roles. Yeah. And you're also on Porters yes. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, Porters. Oh, yes, it's wonderful. It's on um, Dave at the moment, uh, UK TV. Uh, and it's it's the second series. And I pop up um, as Alice, who's the security guard in this hospital. Uh, it's a, a comedy set in a hospital, the Porters. Um, uh, you know, very, very, um, yeah, wonderful collection of characters, and uh, I play the the over enthusiastic security guard. You know, one of those <laughs> those um, tropes that you get um, the security guard who thinks that they should be in the army. Oh yes. yeah, yeah. They take it a bit too seriously. <laughs> too seriously, don't they? they enjoy it a bit too Complete, much. Oh, yeah. so much fun, and also just 
thinking about gender, those parts are usually played by men, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, that's uh, true. And, and to have a woman who's really enjoying violence, <laughs> who's, who's, who's really like unfit and not able for the job, who's re- who, who looks funny in uniform. It's, it's, it's a great, great joy to, to push that again. It's good to step into those... Uh, those 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 shoes you know not many and you know she she's great fun to play it was um yes it's still running at the moment it's on on thursdays and i believe that there are two more episodes left yeah that is what the notes tell us so yeah. do go check it out it's on on dave and um siobhan McSweeney, we've loved having you in thank you so thank much thank you i'm a big fan <laughs> hopefully we'll talk to you again hopefully yes one two three four this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.